Christ there. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 37. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. Christ there? Hi, yeah, Christina, but... <laughs> Christina, how are you? Christless. Oh, I'm sorry, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very fine. How are you doing? Well, I'm good. Can you can you hear me okay? I can. There is a little reverb, but it, it sounds clear to you. It's fine with me. Uh, you sound great. I There's something going on with the board, but um, I don't know. Let's see what we can get out of this, and we'll try to make it work. All right, great. Um... Yeah, thanks for uh, having me, wanting to talk with me today. So it's, I'm excited. It, it, I mean, I just want to be clear. It's it's uh, what your name is. You would prefer to go as Christina? 
Yeah, my name's Christina. Um, I kind of keep an alias with Christ just to keep my uh, identity kind of a little harder to find these days. Oh, I love it. All right, yeah, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's get into it, okay? Yeah. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, Comedy on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today, wherever you are. Oh, I lost you. Wherever you are in this great world. Can you hear me? Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live... Okay, let's see. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 37... Leave your message for Christina Warren. Okay, well, we'll uh, let's give it a go, and uh, we'll see how it turns out. Okay, cool. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, Comedy on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today, and without further ado, it's an honor to bring in somebody who's part of the lineage uh, of healing uh, in this world. I think uh, many of us have, you know, superpowers, uh, and it's a matter of whether we want to choose to access them and affect positive change in our world. And uh, she's a, a little bit on the younger side of things, but at the end of the day, somebody who's uh, looking to expand modalities and, uh, most importantly, help people be themselves and think for themselves. Christina Warren, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a beautiful introduction. I'm really grateful to be here talking with you. Uh, can you talk a little bit about um, any kind of dogma or rigid thought patterns that you were raised under that you had to break away from and, and how you did that? Growing up, um, I was sheltered, so I have a huge family. I'm uh, number nine of 11, um, brothers and sisters, and um, growing up, it was very much um, a loving environment. 
for me, but not really, the rest of the world wasn't really involved too much in my upbringing. And I had a lot going on with just my small tribe of like family that um, reaching out to others and really understanding what was going on with others, you know, um, was something I, I didn't really understand. Like growing up, um, I'm from a really big diverse family. I have Spanish brothers and sisters, African brothers and sisters, and white Irish brothers and sisters. So once I realized that diversity was something that others had to learn about, um, and racism was a thing, like it was um, something I was really sheltered from, like the idea that others needed to learn about these concepts and learn about accepting one another and, and um, learn about how to um, like have a, a brother and sister relationship. Um, so when I did realize about, um, you know, uh, the ability of people to not accept others and to be, um, you know, to need to learn how to accept diversity in their lives, it was a big, uh, interesting experience for me because I was just brought into such a diverse um, culture of, of people. Um, so I thought that everyone was a little more understanding and a little bit more diverse and um, accepting. So it's an interesting way to be brought up in such a diverse but also sheltered um, environment. When, when was the first time that you experienced... Uh, you know, people being treated less than human. I'd say in college, um, realizing um, in 2011 with um, the whole Occupy Wall Street movement, I was in college and I was taking leadership classes and realizing that diversity was something that needed to be taught. Um, and also, you know, that college was more of a platform for um, creating workers for the working world instead of really freeing people's, um, you know, ability to do what they really want. Um, so for me, realizing that, because I always had faith in um, education in the school system, so in 2011, it really broke my awareness to the fact that a lot of these these things that are in place that make you feel like they're really for your best interests are really just programs to help the industrial world run. That's right. So I would say in 2011 is when I started tuning into the fact that there's a huge group of people that are really... Um, being treated less than, and, um, you know, the whole Occupy movement was a big, um, for me, eye-opener to how a lot of these systems aren't working. If everyone that got a degree were successful, everyone with a degree would be successful, but instead it's almost like a, a trap um, that keeps you um, spending all your money and all your time you know, um, not really focusing on what it is that will make you happy and your life purpose to bloom. Like, it's really a distraction on all that. And 
and really just more like now you have to work and you have to be a part of this this uh, industrial world um, and it's a big distraction towards like who you are and what your soul's purpose is well I mean you're you really are an incredibly intelligent uh, human being I, I just if going back I mean did you experience trauma as a young girl or were you taught to believe things that like if not if when you say you were sheltered is it just mean that like your parents wouldn't let you out past a certain time at night or you had to be home I mean it sounds to me like you have a lot of uh, very rich ethnic uh, heritage so I mean what what did it mean to be sheltered and ultimately I mean how did you break from the confines of you know the industrial complex because I can honestly say that uh, you know I I took a turn in, uh, 10 years ago uh, and when I found my you know went on my path and it took a, a few years to find my voice but uh, I certainly have uh, found a niche and I also think that it relates to inspiration and singularity and uniqueness it, success in our material world is about possessions commodification these kinds of things that's not what my show is about or what I stand for or what I try to exude in my life so you can riff on it any way you want but ultimately did you have a dogmatic upbringing or or you know and, and then ultimately how did you how did you develop a fearless quality about approaching the world uh, on your own rule, by your own rules and not the rules society says you should live by? Okay. Um, so to define more of the sheltered thing, um, so I have a big family. I have uh, six brothers and three sisters. And growing up in that way, it was just like a festival every day at my house. You know, So it was a lot going on, but I didn't really realize how much it was just like um, family. I have 13 aunties and uncles on my mom's side and six on my dad's. So, you know, growing up in an environment where it's all family, it's very loving and accepting. And that's how I would say I was kind of sheltered from the uh, world that can be very unaccepting and unloving. Um, so I was really blessed with having a family that accepted me for all of my you know, silliness in my childlike nature. Um, when I was nine years old, the big trauma in my life was when my parents divorced. And um, so I was in more middle class growing up. Um, and when my parents divorced, uh, it was really traumatic um, for me and my mom and my three brothers to, um, to pretty much be now forced into a very... Uh, like poverty situation, living in shelters and campgrounds. Um, it was very much, I was so young, no one really told me. So I was very much like in the dark about where my family all went, why I was left alone, um, what happened. No one wanted to tell me, you know, the, the dirty details of, of that divorce. It was um, uh, due to drugs and violence. And so you know, no one really wanted to explain to me what what was going on. But in my in my perception, I was left to these beautiful campgrounds um, while my mom went to work. And my brothers, they were kind of like 
in more of an adolescent age where they were kind of goofing off and messing around, so they didn't really want me hanging around with them. So I was left alone in nature. And at the time, being nine years old, I didn't really understand how powerful my decisions at that time were going to be. But um, I remember standing in the forest and being like, holy shit, what, the, what happened? Sorry for cursing. What happened? You know, and um, uh, feeling like this young child in my heart and feeling like I want to express this happiness and this, this energy and this happy-go-lucky attitude. However, my life was just completely torn apart and the things that were giving me that, like my family and, and my loving home that was kind of giving me that acceptance and that ability to express this loving nature wasn't there anymore. And I remember looking around and being like, well, like, is there anything out here that could possibly provide me that loving energy and um, that loving inspiration to like continue on my path and not let anything get me down? And the trees and the nature and the forest, being in that area, it was like a no-brainer. I would, I didn't really think about it as a answer, but you know, being in the trees, it really did inspire me to uh, to allow the earth to be that that giving energy for me, that um, welcoming, accepting energy for me. I've always been um, a Reiki healer at a young age, um, not knowing what Reiki was, but being able to um, have compassion and like if any of my brothers or sisters were hurt like giving them a hug and allowing the energy to be washed away like I always knew how to do those types of things um so having the earth kind of inspire me to still be a young free-spirited fearless child um and express that even if it was just alone by myself um that was really the 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 kicker for my life as far as being um, always independently youthful and, and fun and, and express my my love and my joy about just being alive and at the time I didn't realize how how empowering it was because I was too young to really get how amazing that that path that I started on like was but it definitely dawned upon me years later that like wow like that was the big transition in my life where everything kind of went to, um, you know, went away. All of my family went away, all of my, you know, the house and the cars and, and fortune went away. And I was left there in poverty and, and in a campground living in a tent, you know, with my family, you know, not having that material um, energy to, to, to supply me with that happiness. And I didn't need it. I, all I needed was to that the earth was green and the water was flowing and oh there's tadpoles in the water and <laughs> that's all I really needed was that that curious like mystery of the of the earth around me to really um stimulate that um that that loving spirit and um I still hold that to to my life today knowing that you know I try my hardest to to heal myself my mind and and everything around me leading by my own example however if I failed I didn't have anything just knowing that the earth is still green and the flowers are still blooming like to me that is my um my inspiration to continue on it's absolutely I mean you're a poet as well um 
Can you talk about your ego? Like, ultimately, so many cats that I talk to on the bandstand, um, sometimes uh, as they get older in life, they they get disillusioned because uh, you know they have all the gold records in the world. They have all the uh, the money that they could ever possibly want, and yet um, they're miserable because. Uh, the phone has stopped ringing. And then on top of that, uh, it's not just that they're not necessarily in demand anymore, but it's that they thought they were fully responsible for the information that came through them on that guitar solo that made the song a hit or the vocal track that that made it a hit song. And they failed to realize that they are merely a conduit for information coming through them from the heavens. And... Um, you know, as a young person, it's hard to, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound like you were spoiled at all when you had money, but, you know, you had, you were comfortable, and then you went to literally being destitute, and I just wonder um, if you've ever, even in your life, as you move forward in your life, because I can feel the presence of the divine as we speak, when you talk, I wonder if you've ever had an issue with ego, and we all have an ego, but it sounds to me like that early jubilation in your youth, in your childhood, uh, that was your true nature. And it, and you could perform magic and healing through that before you even knew the superpower that you had. And so I wonder if you've ever dealt with your ego. And if so, how have you learned to manage it and recognize that you are merely a vessel for information coming through you from the heavens? That's a beautiful question. Um, I believe that ego has its purpose. Um, being authentic, understanding what you like and what you don't like is a, is, is a, a, a flow. Um, and that's what the ego provides. It provides you with information of, of what feels good and what doesn't. And, you know, a, a authenticity you know, um, being able to realize, you know, that you are a individual as long, uh, and you're also a part of the United Cosmos. So there's, it's almost two sides of a coin. And so it's really good to have a healthy relationship with your ego. However, understand that you, there, there needs to be a point in your consciousness that allows it to shift or allows the ego to just kind of be put on the back burner and and welcome in the, um, the united consciousness that we, we all embody, that we're all a part of. Um, so I believe my ego sometimes tries to get, you know, um, ahead of itself. And um, practicing, like, for example, when I learned about Reiki in 2011, I learned about Reiki. And I knew how it worked before I was taught how it worked. Um, so it's all about creating a channel, um, a channel from with your using your breath, and that's what I like to think about when I think about like healing and, and this united consciousness is that we're all more alike than we're different. I'm sure you've heard that saying like, oh, we're more more alike than we are different. Absolutely. And that saying is so beautiful because that's really where the healing begins is is focusing on how we're more alike and how we're more alike is our our bodies and our breath and focusing on using the breath to exhale into the life, into the earth, and inhale from the 
solar system and and then exhale and kind of be this channel and when you create a channel like this inhaling from the stars and exhaling into the earth and literally giving all of your energy and everything you have to the earth in confidence that when you inhale you're going to receive it all back um, and you channel this way literally the less ego you have the more the channel works and the more the healing works so that's what I really love about Reiki practices is um, the less of me that I put into it the more it works so it's a it's a very beautiful practice um, when it comes to releasing that ego because if I were to sit there and say I want to heal you it's like I want this to happen to you it's like it will never happen that way right absolutely yeah the only way it works is by me just literally allowing the energy to flow and then tapping you into that flow breathing through the stars then into you back into me down into the earth and and in that way I'm able to direct your energy into the earth in the cosmos pretty much I create a channel out of you but I can only do that because that's the way that it works it has nothing to to do with what I want or how I want it to work it's just the way that it flows naturally and and how our bodies work in that way so it's it's a very beautiful practice to be able to understand that the less ego you have the more the healing works and the same thing with you know tarot readings um, and card readings and divination in that way you know Oh, the practice is to clear away any of your intention or your um, desires to any outcome. Um, pretty much, that's all the ego stuff. It's like that a- attachment, it's clearing that away so that you can allow the universe to to channel through. When did you? Uh, can you talk about a time when when you? In your earliest memory, accessing your multidimensional self and when you did heal somebody and uh, you recognize the awe of your superpower? Um, in 2009, I was getting into using crystals to heal. And um, that's when I had the breakthrough of, I had this crystal wand and I was trying really hard to, because um, I knew what the crystal was for. Like, um, I knew, you know, I studied, I knew what the the crystal was meant for. So I'm like, I want it to work for this. And I could feel nothing happening. And I kind of was just channeled, like, don't want anything. Just don't want anything. You don't need to want anything. You just be like a a vessel of of transportation. And I was with my friend doing just like a, a chakra cleansing, you could call it, just like going head to toe through her chakra point and um, with the stone and it wasn't working but the minute I kind of got that information of like the crystal is the crystal and the person has the person and you, you are a person like you're breathing here together you don't need to want to do anything because you are it so just allow it to be and the minute I kind of was I shifted my focus from I want the crystal to heal this person to, I just want the crystal to do its thing. I want to be a channel for the crystal to, to do whatever the crystal wants to do. And the crystal, like a rose quartz, wants to provide loving energy. So I don't need to want the quartz 
to provide that loving energy. I just need to want the courts to do its thing. To, to I want to be the uh, almost like the uh, the you know the transporter. Yeah, you're the know, conduit. The you're the conduit. Yeah, the conduit. The um, the vessel. You know, the courts doesn't have little arms and legs to walk around and do its thing. Like it uses me. <laughs> so yeah, and know, I can I can um, honestly, you're grounding me right now because uh, <laughs> Wonderful. it's so it's so I mean uh, let me ask you a question like why tell me about um, at this point in your craft what are you trying to cultivate I mean you said that you sometimes get ahead of yourself or project out when you change the language in your in your spirit to I want into just being that's when the magic takes place all the most organic natural beauty in my life has happened through that process but yet as human animals we always want to scheme or manipulate or we are reaching because of insecurity and I just wonder like at this point where do you know you need to grow the most and push yourself out of your comfort zone? I mean, you came, you know, very, you, you, you jumped at the opportunity to come on my program and very humbled by that. So I'm not, you're not necessarily an introverted cat. Um, you have a lot of different kind of healing ability. Um, obviously we're in the middle of, uh, some somewhat unprecedented times, but What's an area for Christina Warren that you know you need to grow in in order to keep enhancing your aura and life force? Um, I would say just the daily routine of, um, of being more self-disciplined, um, self-reliant, emotionally stable independently. Um, so... Um, having I'm a mother and I have a, a two-year-old boy and he takes up a lot of my time and energy and um, it causes me to kind of shift my focus on my meditation and the things that really drive me um, and I like to have the idea that oh I have all this energy to do all these things but at the end of the day I just I'm really tired <laughs> and so I think right now I've been working a lot on um just self-discipline and um, really, you know, being being honest and, and authentic with with what I can and can't do. Having trust in the universe, but also knowing that it, I try really hard and, and to continue that that effort because there is a lot of healing that needs to be done. There is a lot of of community out there that you know I inspire I, I desire to inspire and to also connect with and so I have a lot more work ahead of me um, in this way so to really just have this self-discipline is what I've been um, focusing on I have my planner um, the biggest things being like making sure I, I sleep enough and I so I, when I do wake up I try and wake up at five in the morning which is about two and a half hours before my son wakes up so I have time to meditate and exercise and and um, journal and uh, and maybe get to play some music and do these things that um, really 
allow me to live a better life throughout the day. I'm, I'm more energetic. I'm more able to handle like little things that might be chaotic. Um, so really just the self-discipline is, is something that I've been really needing to focus on and um, understanding my limits because I do, like my ego wants to be like, I can do everything, but in reality, I can't. And, I'm, you know, um, I have to understand where where it is that I need more of, like need more sleep, need, need more nutrients, I need more exercise and, and um, uh, I need more time to meditate and stuff like this. And really, it's all about making it for me. Like, I have to make the time. Um, when I was without a child, I had all the time in the world. You know, that was one thing. But having a child, I really have to focus on the self-discipline so I can make the time to really put myself in the position to, to try even harder. I, You know, I have two, two daughters, and they... Uh, and they changed my life uh, they and they broke my heart open and I always wonder um, you know I feel like they're my teachers in a lot of ways uh, they're much more evolved than I am and um, I can see my personality characteristics within them and uh, and I don't know why you are uh, you know you give so much love I just wonder um, you know you're not the first person I've come across that is raising their child essentially a single parent you know it's like a, a big issue in our society now and um, you know you keep talking about having to plan make time for you know you have such a multi-dimensional spirit and yet you have a baby I mean you know that baby deserves to be a child and not uh, have to grow up too quickly. And yet, you also have not an agenda, but you have you have to continue to grow yourself. And I, I guess I, I just want to know that you are your heart. How do you keep your heart open to receiving authentic love uh, in this time? And, and what are the qualities of the divine masculine that you believe need to come to the forefront so that, you know, I mean, I just don't understand why it's so hard for, uh, you know, I, I just would, I would assume that, that there needs to be some partnership in raising children. I mean, I was married for 13 years and, you know, it, it ended and it was a chapter in my life and. I, there was love and and you know I think that you're forever connected through your kids if you are engaged parents you're always connected through them but you know I feel fine right now and they're 14 and 9 but um, do you have do you still keep your heart open to love um, are you you know trying to lay low for some reason or do you have the ability to you know, uh, allow, take some pressure off of yourself and not be, feel completely responsible to fit everything into your schedule on top of trying to be a parent? Um, 
Well, um, uh, daily meditation is what I feel really allows me to channel um, this loving energy of accepting whatever it is that comes my way, whether it's something I'd like or not, whether it's chaos or not, um, just being able to breathe through it. Um, I also have a really wonderful relationship, and my son has a really wonderful relationship with his father, and he's very much a part of, of our life. Um, he is right now with him, so I can you know, be here with you guys. Um, and so I definitely have a lot of support from his father. Um, we're working on things, so I, I like the idea of keeping my heart open to the idea that things could rekindle in our way. However, being authentic and um, it's, it's hard to, uh, when you, because I do have this feeling of like being reserved and kind of putting romance on the back burner and focusing more on myself. And that's really where I feel I am at the moment is treating myself like the gem that I would like for a romantic partner to treat me to being that gem and to honoring, you know, myself, um, all the love that I would like to give to someone else, I try and to give it to myself in that way. And um, uh, I guess it could be a, a little bit of a hiding away romantically, but it's just where I'm at and, and my authentic self is telling you it's, it's where I need to be um, to stay focused and to stay um you know, not getting ahead of myself because in relationships, I definitely get ahead of myself. My ego kind of really wants to take off when it comes to, to you know, what a relationship, relationship can be. Um, so with staying focused and allowing my heart to stay open, it has a lot to do with, with self-love, doing self-love routines, um, even like brushing my teeth and keeping my teeth healthy and you know, taking showers and, and um, moisturizing and all these lovely things, doing saunas and, and taking time to visit a hot spring or anything I really can do, singing the song, you know, um, you know, anything that I can do to raise my own spirit and be more independent, um, like emotionally. I feel the masculine, the divine masculine. You know, um, it's a beautiful energy. Um, however, it is very, like, exhausting. It's very demanding. It's very always, um, you know, asking for us to do and to provide and to, to give and to, you know, protect against whatever may come. So it's a very, like, stimulating energy. It's a very, um, you know, on guard, like, minute man kind of energy. And... It's a really beautiful thing, however, especially in these times, I feel like it's kind of gotten like too masculine and absolutely you know, the world yeah, it's so chaotic, it's so um you might have do 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 and and it's very strenuous and if you don't take the time to like have a little meditation or uh any time to just have some self love, it can kind of get pushed into the um into the into the wayside. And you're just left exhausted and probably not very happy. Um, so I feel very blessed to have my son's father in his life. Um, it's a big reason why I um, live the where I do, so we can all 
live near each other. And um, so my son can have, my idea is that I'm trying to raise a happy man for the future. And the love that I can instill in him, he will be able to instill in his uh, future children if he has them, um, in his generation. And when I die, that love will still exist because I've implanted it in him. So I really do kind of give my all to uh, creating a really happy, fun, childlike, um, like my house is like a playhouse. <laughs> it's, you know, we, we don't, um, you know, we, we really try to keep um, all the serious things like talked about not in front of him so that he can just live in this playful he's two years old so everything's just a game and we're painting and we're dancing and we're playing music he plays the drums like it's it's all fun and games for him and I try and real like my heart is not to talk about like what's going on politically in front of him or my feelings about um you know the chaos of the world in front of him um all these things I I feel like like you said like kids need to be kids and their minds don't need to be cluttered with worry because that's not the nature of a child is, is to be curious and to learn and to want to learn, not to be scared about what it is that they might learn, you know? Um, I mean, you, you went through a, I don't need to tell you because you, you know, went through a lot of adversity as a, as a young girl, but I do want to say that, you know, you know, it's it's definitely good to protect them, but it, they kids are also, as you know, incredibly resilient. And I can tell you that my older daughter, who's in ninth grade and total, uh, super beyond, way beyond her mother or myself, uh, you know, spiritually, cognitively, and everything. Uh, you know, you can't hide them from stuff like this, and it's not even possible anymore uh you know i mean you can literally cut yourself off or live in a in a in a forest with you know or that kind but i mean it's on and i think that you know for this age he's fine but i can tell you that i'm happy that my kids are in some ways growing up during this state of turbulence in our country and the world because you know it's it's always the world is a very violent place and it's also um you know you know i think the best thing you could probably do is what you're doing and as long as they have a strong you know male role model in their life i think the most important thing is you know this is a sort of a two-part question but um you know even through the the tr- even through the de- devastation of the divorce that you went through, do you, uh, a lot of times it's a lot more about respect, uh, than it is love or, you know, people might look at Christina Warren, people very close to you or relatives and they say, well, you know, she's, they, you know, they may not understand your path, but they respect where you're going and what you're trying to do even if they don't understand it and I wonder about the respect that you have for your parents and ultimately you know 
how you try to unshroud your soul and the you know sort of the garbage and trash that collects in it so that you know you ultimately can come back in the next lifetime and you know not be working on the same habitual nature uh, that you are in this lifetime Hmm. well when I decided to drop out of college in Rhode Island and travel to California just to see what was out there right and this is in uh, 2012 um, that's when people started to give me the whole what are you doing I don't understand you this sounds crazy plan like where is this going right really right what I was thinking right and then, um, at that point um, it didn't matter to me if I didn't get the support from my family and my friends and the more that they told me that I was you know crazy or I was being foolish the more I kind of knew that I wasn't crazy and I needed to just take a stand and and to do this um, incredible um, uh, uh, journey so what had happened was I was in college during Occupy realizing this um, you know uh, the idea that school wasn't really going to give me a life that I, I wanted that was from my heart from for my life's purpose it was more grounding me in, in job security and so I was um, in wildlife and conservation biology and I was a part of the Student Conservation Association and I was about to graduate um, in my uh, junior year, I was finishing my junior year, so I was going into my senior year, and they wanted me to, you know, um, to sign these contracts that were saying, like, every six months I would go here and work here in this national conservation, and, and then six months later go to the next one, and I thought it was a really great idea to travel and to see natural worlds in America, and it was, it was a great opportunity, however, I didn't really feel like it was authentic to what I needed to be to do with my life I felt like it was very controlled it was very much like this is your life this is what you'll be doing and there was no mystery or magic or or anything it didn't make me feel like um it just felt very controlled absolutely you're no you're totally you're you're I just want to say you're like you know it's it's beautiful to hear this because uh that's that's the path that I've been on too. Yeah, and um, I'm grateful that there are people like me and you that were able to make a stand and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait up! <laughs> Let me just take a break and and do something different." And so um, I remember, you know, going into heading into this class, and I looked through the window because there was a window in the door, and I could see my future of walking in and sitting down and taking out my notes and my binder and, and, and I'm a very good note taker, I'm a great student, so I could kind of envision myself doing all that and I could see myself probably for the next like three hours what I would be doing and I turned and I looked down the hall and I couldn't envision myself past the hall I saw the hall and once you take the turn you know, I couldn't envision what could happen next and that's where I decided to go. I decided to go into the path that was less um, shown to me, less controlled, the more mystery of what could happen other than, you know, 
feeling safe in, in knowing what's going to happen for the next three hours ahead of me. And that's when I decided um, that I was going to finish my school year. So I didn't just drop out and ruin my transcripts. Like I finished my school year with good grades and whatnot. And I said, okay, I'm going to travel across the country. And if I don't find anything, that's fine. I'll just come back and, you know, school's going to be there. <laughs> so it's not like I felt like I was going to miss out on anything or any opportunity. Um, so that's what I did. I traveled across the country. This was in 2012. And I've been traveling across the country since. I haven't gone back. And um, I found a beautiful place called Mount Shasta in, in Northern California. And it's just this wonderful spiritual home away from home for me. And um, I found a beautiful community that of uh, people that were really willing to listen and really willing to accept people for their differences and um, not need to control people for their mind because um growing up in the east coast it definitely felt like if you thought differently like the other person would need you to change the way you thought for them to accept you in a way where where did you, um, you know because i grew up in long island and i will never you know i mean I, i'll go back and visit my folks and things but uh, and i went to boston university did you go to rhode island uri where'd you go yeah i went to uri yeah, so I mean, like, I, it was, it, 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 that whole conformist, it's so real, I almost feel like you have to go west in order to find your spirit, you know? Well, it was funny, um, I lived in Rhode Island, and I started doing, like, Reiki work, and I heard about long-distance Reiki, and being able to send Reiki energy to people in a long distance, and when I tried to do that, um, it felt as though, like, the energy of the wall were sucking my energy and I couldn't I couldn't get beyond it. It was um, I started tuning into this 360 almost like a, a shield um, that was not allowing my energy to kind of reach beyond it. It was um, probably something to do with the cities and all the, the electromagnetic frequencies, something like this where it literally didn't let my energy get as high as I, I needed to go. I, I, um, I felt very much confined to a strange um, energetic um, void that, was, that existed there. And it wasn't until I went out into the country or into nature or, you know, I went all the way to California, but it wasn't until I got out of the house and the, the city that I could actually feel my energy being able to reach long distance like my reiki and healing energies to be able to to um to break through and actually make it um so it was definitely a really weird before i really tuned into the need to leave i felt almost confined energetically there um wasn't able to really break through um my own power like um of, of channeling it was very interesting um to feel that way um and as my parents go, I love my parents, and I actually am really grateful that they divorced because, you know, they weren't happy. They needed to not be with each other. My mom, she's such a wonderful, beautiful woman. Um, I may not have had everything in life, but I always had her love and her undivided just support and love. Even when I traveled and I dropped out of college, she thought it was the worst thing. I, I actually couldn't tell her the first time I did it. Um, I left um, without telling her. I was living with her at the time, 
saving money and I packed all my stuff in my car and I lied to her. I told her, oh, all this stuff is, I'm donating. Don't worry. I'll see you later, mom. And I left because she was so against me dropping out of college and she was so scared for me to leave that I knew that if I, I didn't do it that way, that it would be just this big fight. Um, she didn't accept me or she didn't really understand or, or um, have trust or faith because she was, you know, um, more scared of the world. Like, like she, she would just be too scared. Um, and so I kind of gave her a hug, told her I'll see you later. And my brothers were like, you have 48 hours before I tell mom. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and uh, when she called me, I was in um, Ohio visiting a friend. And she wanted me to come back so bad. I'm like, Mom, I'm on my way. Like, I need to do this for myself. And um, I've traveled back and forth. So I've traveled to Rhode Island, and I've got to express myself with my mom. And she totally accepts me now and understands, like, that I need to, like, be authentic and fulfill my own, like, for my life to, to really be um, something that I, I can be proud of know something that I can feel that I um, I feel that I created more than it was just given to me like an easy op- option like I don't want my life to feel like it was always controlled or just like effortless you know um, let me tell you I so I want to like, just uh, Christina I need to tell you yeah. that like um, my my feeling is that uh, you have to go even more to the extreme than you already are not to put yourself into a a crisis but you have to you are younger than me and you are wiser than me and I can feel that it, I mean we are definitely uh, from the intergalactic and often misunderstood by mainstream society and my only real advice it's not even advice. It's just whatever you're doing as it relates to healing, whatever you're doing to cultivate your spirit, and however, you know, however people view you, it doesn't even matter. It's just, it's, you can't, like, you've obviously made this choice for salvation, and it's essential. It is absolutely essential for happiness because you are not going to conform to what society says you should do. And you just knew that intrinsically because you had a lot of spirit inside of you. And we don't, we don't appreciate spirit in our country. Uh, we're much more into toys and the greed factor is very high. So as you move along, you might find even more distance. I mean, it's great. I, I know Mount Shasta. And, I mean, it's great to have those communities. But even as you move along... The key for you is to, in as natural a way as possible, is to say, okay, I am a body healer, I'm a Reiki healer, I am a sentient being, and I'm a lover, and I love life, and there are many other people who, who try to work within those modalities, and the question is, and you don't, it, you don't have to know the answer now, but because we will you know we will do several interviews together over time the question is what allows Christina Warren to be 
singular. What allows you to cut above the morass of all the other people who are doing light work such as yourself? How do you find your own individual voice? That is success. That is lineage. That is salvation. I haven't sent you my first three books were published last year, but that was 10 years of basically in the wilderness, doing interviews, being on the road. And, you know, the first three books are insanely classic. They're beautiful and they're unique and they're going to keep going. I'm on my fourth book now, but it took 10 years to really figure it out. And I'm just, I, I guess my, my, what I'm trying to get at is be patient with yourself. And I think what you said before is, you know, be able to receive authentic love from people who honor who you are and what your gifts are, but also love yourself because, you know, you are on your own path. And so it's just, just be patient but you are really like when did you you hit the road at 20 years old yep okay so I, I think the reason I actually wanted to connect with you to begin with is because I saw that you were tapped into the community of Mary Pranksters that you were friends with George Walker do you know him personally I've met him um I'm friends with Zane, and uh, and yes, the Mary Pranksters are uh, beautiful energy, uh, beautiful friends of mine. Yeah, Zane hates me because I I was just, I wrote my second I wrote my second book on the Mary Pranksters, part of it, and because I've done so many interviews with Babs and the older cats, I I don't really have much good thing to say about Zane, but I will say that his father is a spirit that is deep embed, deeply embedded in me because it is really about magic and it is about creating magic through nature and through humans and through history and I feel fortunate uh, that you know I've done so many interviews I mean with the original pranksters and those people were really remarkable and to see for so many reasons but mainly because they lived off the grid and you know, they without them, I don't think there really would have been. Uh, I mean, part of my argument was that they set the groundwork for uh, the Grateful Dead and the psychedelic San Francisco music scene. They were the they were the precursors to that. You know, they sort of fell in between the cracks of the Beats and the hippies, and then they lived very communally, as you probably are aware, in in, in Eugene, and. Um, you know, they to me are such a beautiful lineage, and yet, you know, Christina, I feel very deeply that you are, you know, it's so beautiful because you are part of that curiosity and that lineage. And when I hear your voice and I hear your, you know, life is not perfect for anybody, and we are always, you know, living in our own madness to a degree. But you know what? Like, you are on your path and in most people they they wait their they, they try their whole lives they try to 
you know, find their purpose in life. And they never do. And you have. And it is still coming into fruition. But you are a younger part of that lineage. And it is... I just feel it very deeply. And I think that uh, I am so honored to to know you because you know you speak I mean I don't know how you um, I don't know how you came out as well I mean how you evolved as well as you did considering the adversity that you faced as a child and maybe that is a testament to like what I said before about you know adversity obviously you grow from that or you shrivel up from that and so I just I just want you to know that you you know you have a yeah you you've been on your path for a while now. You have a huge amount of potential and the ability to affect positive change in your world. And I think that that's you know kind of the thing, you know like do you recognize and do you think that it's a bit of an issue with your generation? And it, it's, it, it's my parents, too. I mean, I grew up in a relatively agnostic household, but it was definitely one of unconditional love. And I would have been devastated, too, if my parents got divorced, but they didn't because they were like two peas in a pod. But they were always carping and talking about these macro issues as it related to geopolitical or world affairs or things that were going on domestically and things that they would just grouse about it but you know you realize over a certain period of time that you can only affect positive change in your world and then you hope that through that change there are frequencies that you can put out into the universe that can touch other people the gift that I have is the ability to bring on people like yourself and let you reflect the light back on me uh, even though I'm talking, I'm, I'm riffing right now, but, you know, you've been so articulate this whole hour. I just feel like the key for you and the key, I, I wonder how you, you know, do you, how hard is it for you to talk with your peers? Because there's so much going on at a macro level that nobody on their own can do anything about. Yet yeah. you can through your own superpower affect positive change in the world with a lot of healers the challenge is how to balance between uh you know because nobody likes to do self-promotion right no artist likes to promote themselves uh no healer wants to be like look at me look at me look at me so the question is how can you project the light out so that it reflects back on you uh in order to affect change in your world and have the vibration go out collectively to the universe. Do you, how do you talk to your peers about that? Because so many people get into these things like, yeah, Occupy Wall Street. I mean, you know, I mean, it, I remember those times and it was interesting to see, you know, that movement. And, and yet somehow I feel that you know, it's just that what's more important is it's not an ego thing, but it's about finding 
your purpose, your legacy, and then figuring out a way to inspire people in your world. And I can tell you that so many artists have come to me and said, thank you for your relentless pursuit of love and the truth. It's inspiring me to do this thing that I've had on the, the plate for a long time. And there's a dogged, relentless quality to it. I can feel and hear that you've already been doing it. And I just want to, you know, encourage you to be patient because you obviously have a lot of amazing opportunity to affect change in your world. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, um, sometimes, hard, not always, but sometimes it's hard to, to talk to my peers about these things. I do relate to an older crowd. I feel people that have um, let go a little bit of the, uh, um, I, I think my generation is very uh, sexually consumed. Uh, the idea that they can control people and things and themselves is very exhausting. And, and um, the truth is just um, the more that you control or try and control is like the more you get let down because it's not how things work. Um, That's exactly. You do you think? Uh, do you think that has to do with the fact that uh, that you know they're just more intimate with, in some cases with technology than with human beings themselves? I mean, you can turn your phone on and off. You can choose what you want to do. You have total control over technology, but you don't have total control sure. over people. Yeah, I think that that that's uh, something to do with it. Like um, the illusion that you can control because you can control electronics. I think that that does give you a sense of. Um, that you can control others, I guess. That's a great... Well, I'm even talking about as it relates to intimacy, you know, like, you know, this this fixation on control or the need for control, you know, as opposed to allowing nature, quote-unquote, to take its course. Um, I mean, I I just, I think it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I was born in 1978 and, you know, really before, you know, I never... I didn't get the internet. I mean, I was a pre-internet kid and, uh, and pre, way pre-smartphone. But, you know, that, that gap in technology, not, not only does it cut us, does, does it cut us off from each other, but, yeah, I just think that, you know, you can, I think in general a lot of people have become much more intimate with, with inanimate objects than with actual human beings, you know. Right. I, I feel... Um... I can, I agree with that. I think um, there's something about um, having that control and, and being super distracted by it and um, feeling maybe a sense of, of uh, kind of, you were talking about how we're living in this super material, greedy world. It's like, oh, well, if you have the newest phone, you know, maybe it gives you a sense of that's your identity, you know, now Absolutely. the things you have become who you are and, and it you're controlling the things you have, then you kind of have maybe an idea of you're controlling who you are. Um, however, in in, the, in nature, which we live in, you know, natural, it's, I think uh, it's beautiful to have technology. You know, that's what connected us. Um, that's what helps us connect to people all around the world. I actually study in Peru um, with the Indian priestesses. Um, through technology, and I study in the Himalayan mountains with my guru, um, Kundalini Yoga. 
so I'm really grateful for the technology and the ability to um, to connect. I, I have a sisterhood um, that we we host uh, workshops, and that's um, from I'm the only one in America. There's one in, uh, a woman in Canada, and a woman in Japan, and a woman in the Netherlands, um, and we're able to come together and create workshops for people. Um, so technology is a beautiful thing. Like I love technology. However, it's when it's mixed with um, uh, like um, uh, adolescent like um, energy when it's mixed with um, the idea that um, you know I think that it's hard to, to express this it's like um, the kids my the people my age you know I'm 29 so kids in their 20s right now um, they're so super influenced by like sexuality and um, I feel there's a big void in um, independent emotional stability um, it's almost like hard their high wires have been crossed um, with and, and not grounded you know like very ungrounded energy um, and it makes it difficult sometimes to uh, to express anything to them because unless you're grounded you won't ever be able to rise you know you need to be grounded so um, it's like um, you know puberty and all your hormones they start acting crazy and and the cell phones I'm sure don't help with the amount of um, you know self like uh, not confidence you know self-doubt you know hiding behind a phone and the image of yourself isn't really helping who you are and your true way you live and so it's it's I feel like the energy from the cell phones and the technology has really made um grounding that like um sexual uh hormone you know because you go through your your um puberty your hormones start getting all crazy and then after that you start grounding you know you ground it and you have to ground it at some point in order to start establishing who you really are and, and, you know, establishing your life. And I think that it's harder for the younger kids to ground their hormones, to ground their puberty, pubescent energy through, uh, because of all the cell phones and because of all the distractions. Whereas, you know, for me, um, I remember getting a computer, but that was when I was, you know, um, you know, middle school, and um, it wasn't like I wasn't a two-year-old with a, a an iPhone. You know, um, like I see these days. Um, I try really hard. I'm really happy that my son doesn't like phones. He like gets upset when I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'm really happy about that. I don't show him apps or games. You know, we play games. We sing songs. You know, we. I really try hard because I know that once puberty hits and you know your energy goes just all over the place um it's really really important to ground all of that and um for like in 2009 when I graduated high school um I just could see the younger kids like that were freshmen they were just really out of control when it came to like sexual energy it was just like something I've never seen before it was very um just wild and um, it made me feel very like 
scratching my head like what is going on with these kids <laughs> um <laughs> and it makes it very hard if um if because there's still kids in their 20s that aren't grounded and they're still living in this like pubescent like out of control like ungrounded way and if I meet someone that way I really try hard to just ground them and we talk a lot like if I wanted to talk about healing it's all about grounding energy like I try really hard to just start there because as physical beings that's where we start anyway like so the 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 grounding energy what I'm talking about the root chakra is all about like the way you look the way that you you know I like this I don't like that it's all very basic and it's a great place to start because that's how you start any relationship because you, you experience it it's very much like um surface energy and so when I talk to my friends, um, to, to people my age, I, I start there. Um, I do believe, like, relationships develop just like the chakras. So, like, you know, you start at your root just experiencing, you know, the physical world, so, like, you know, and then uh, through time and through action, you know, you get to your solar plexus, you start doing things together, and then, you know, your heart, um, you start, you know, um, communicating through your heart and, and your love and, and then eventually you can start going to more the crown chakra and the third eye and start talking about how we're all one in the cosmos. Absolutely. No, you're nailing you're nailing it. Generations yeah. easier to get to that le- like level of a relationship of talking, like any relationship, just social relationship, just talking about these really profound um, cosmic conversations like we're having here. It's easier to do with an, um, with with some people that are younger are they ha- they are very grounded and they're with it. I'm not trying to say everyone younger, but I notice that I tend to have an older crowd, and I love having conversations like this. Um, kids my age, it just seems like they're just not there. Well, I mean, let me be clear. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot more emotional like stability independently because. Being on your phone, it's almost like we're hardwired to, to, to look for that emotional stability instead of having it. And that's what grounding does. It allows you to have emotional stability in the earth, in where you're at. Even if it's crazy or not, if it's, you're mad or you're not, it's like having that patience, being able to breathe and just to accept your world. That's what grounding to me is. And you need to start there in order to, you know, raise, raise your vibration, you know. And um, so I do have a little bit of a difficult time with the younger or my age. I do find, like, way younger, like probably your daughter, like, they seem to, it seems to come around. Like, I feel like, I feel a lot of hope for the younger, younger people. Well, um, let me tell you, I mean, like, like. In their teens right now. Yeah, I mean, basically, I can tell you that the, 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 the kids, yeah, like my older daughter at 15, I mean, because of my soul, uh, because of that, somehow our, that little pocket there in the late 70s and early 80s, um, I mean, I grew up around a lot of older people. I went to a, a summer camp in upstate New York for eight weeks. It was one visiting day. I had to learn how to relate to older counselors and younger campers uh it was the best thing that could have ever happened obviously i knew what my true nature was as a broadcaster but um 
I was a little insecure at URI. Uh, even when you first left Rhode Island around that time at Boston University, I was having a lot of psychological issues because I was putting pressure on myself based on what I thought society says success was. And it took me a long time. Um, I just feel like if you don't, there's a couple of issues. I mean, you know, if you, part of the reason you probably saw that sort of exaggerated sexual energy from that, those cats in 2009, you know, it's a combination of uh, incredible amounts of helicopter parenting, which we, which I didn't have. Uh, you were able to go out and explore for better or for worse, there was just a lot more freedom. So kids have become commodified in some way and they're almost too precious for everything. That's one thing. So then therefore they have no real experiential learning in terms of getting out there and finding out who they are. And, you know, if you are constantly on your phone communicating, which, you know, then you really have no ability for socialization. So you have no ability to relate to people uh, in a human way. Uh, and so that is, and so, you know, like my older daughter, I, she just happens to be, you know, a gift from the divine in the sense that I feel like she, you know, if she wants to be on her phone before she goes to bed, I'm okay with that. I know she doesn't abuse it. Um, but she's a different kind of cat. She's also growing up with a dad who's way off the grid. (laughs) So she's going to, you know, reap the benefits of that. And she can already recognize, you know, when the TV comes on and, you know, there's Merle Haggard or, you know, Bob Weir or Taj Mahal or, you know, I could say, hey, you know, I, I did a great interview with them, you know, and she's like, you did? And, you know, I can, and then, so it all becomes very real for her that just like you decided on your own, I am not going to be in some controlled experiment for the rest of my life just because that's going to make everybody around me feel like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm normal or I'm successful, you know, and be yourself. Uh, I, I think that you have a huge responsibility to help people. And I think you already do this, but it's just very, um, I just look at you as a, uh, you know, a real authentic person that has the ability to inspire a lot of people to think for themselves. And I, I, I guess in wrapping up set one with you, Christina, uh, I just wanted you to talk to people because, you know, I went through a growth spurt at 32 you're not even 32 yet. Like I found my voice in my mid thirties. I really took off on my own at that point. And I think people, you go through puberty, you get, to, you know, people think you're supposed to have grown up at a certain point by 18 or 19. And that, you know, that then, that you know, and then you, then you're just supposed to live some sort of life, but that's completely untrue. You're constantly going through growth spurts and based on how you, affect your root chakra and how you keep reinvigorating that uh, is that I mean it keeps you completely universally young regardless of whatever the number age you are so you're people that are in their 30s you're an old soul I just want you to talk to cats that are literally in darkness because they have 
and they have a lot of pride and they've followed this path that's been set out for them for protection and safety and there are walls around it and they're so uninspired and the walls are always there and no matter how much uh, talent or chutzpah or charisma they have the ceiling is only six feet high and they keep banging into the ceiling and they keep getting a big lump on their head and they're in darkness because they don't they don't have the ability at this point to actually say okay um it's not about being duped it's just how i was conditioned and i have to have the i have to have the intestinal fortitude to go and do what i actually want to do what my instinct and intuition is telling me to do in order to be happy but i can't because everybody in my life and society is questioning me, and then I'm going to be shamed and judged by my friends and the people around me. Explain to those people the path that it's not easy, but what do you, what is what is the what's on the other end? And and because you've been through it, what what is your advice to people to break away from the rigid thought patterns that they have been conditioned with? Um. Well, I would say. Everyone has a different degree of how in the dark they are, especially if they have developed families and they feel like they have to keep up their whatever they're doing to keep it going because they don't want to let their children down or their families down. It's, it's a lot of pressure once you start grounding yourself in, um, in these practices that um, aren't really giving you happiness. You know, um, and now you're almost a martyr to to living this this horrible, you know, dark life and this life that isn't isn't um, and good. Um, so th- there's definitely degrees of it um, because there are some people that um, they I'm sure feel very stuck in what they chose to do, and now they have kids, and now they they are even more stuck because if they don't keep it going, they'll let every you know let their let it all down and and they can't do that you know because in their way um, at least giving their children an opportunity to do something better than they did is now what they're living for right but there are some people you know so there are different degrees of how in the dark and how stuck in the dark people are Um, so to be easy with yourself is the biggest thing you can do it's just to, to give yourself kindness give yourself compassion um, and, and to get to be able to do that my advice would be to just go out and, and be in nature um, just go out even if it's just sit under a tree that's you know um, in a park or, or um, on the sidewalk a tree you know find a, a bush it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter how crazy you look um, you just go out and be in nature turn off your phone and do nothing for, for a moment um, and uh, just breathe and remember we're all more alike than we are different and it's hard right now for everybody in different degrees and just to breathe to be a part of how we're more alike than we're different so find yourself alone shut off your phone find a part of nature something even if it's a bowl of water and you have, you know, you have nothing, you can just find a bowl of water. Just be somewhere where you can be alone and be with an element and just breathe. And in this breath, 
allow any thoughts that you have to just to breathe out, to not get stuck on anything and to continue to breathe. And it might be hard for, um, for some to lose their thoughts because they're so busy in their world. Um, however, it's fine if it's hard. You know, letting go is, is not an easy thing in this, in this day because there's so much that, that seems to be stable. To let go of it seems like you know, a free fall. But as someone who has let go, the most beautiful thing that I found from letting go is that the universe, it loves being, it loves living, and it wants you to, to love living and love being. It, it, it wants to guide you into having a faith. However, for me, it wasn't until I let myself be in a position where I needed, you know, it's really hard because you let go and you put yourself in a position where you realize that the universe has your back. So it's like, you know, yeah, you're free falling, but you realize it's not going to, it's not going to be to your demise. It's you free fall and you realize actually I'm flying and, and it's, it's going to be okay. And, um, so you know, it doesn't start with just letting go, dropping everything and just traveling across the country, you know, like I, I was able to because I didn't have any responsibilities and, and my degree of, of, of how in the dark I was was very little. I was, you know, still very young and still very, um, my options, I didn't have much responsibility. So being able to do something like that was was more uh, simple for, but I, for me. But let me ask you something. Maybe for others. I want to ask you something. Um, you know, how, can I ask you something? However, just yeah. excuse me. I just want to ask you something. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I believe that that you were um, gifted, even though it was so on, kind of on hard, hard. You know, living in being exposed to nature from a, from very young age um you know allowed you to be able to completely disconnect from the world i i, I mean so many people um so that it, it's very authentic but you know for people to just i guess all i'm trying to say is what do you what have you learned about life through this experience at this point at 29 that would be incentivizing and you know for your peer group you know what is it it doesn't matter what level of darkness they're in uh you know to just disengage and go into nature people are going to you know flip out they don't know how to do it um but i just want you to talk about in terms of your uh I, i agree with you is it is it just merely the fact that if you see if you have, if you approach things with no expectation, which is hard to do, and only with intention, that the universe will always protect you. And I feel felt feel that very truly today. And I also have a lot of angels around me that protect me all the time, uh, in a variety of ways. And not everybody has that. You know, I can't look at somebody who's making six figures who came from poverty and all you know or making a good living now and say oh just you know even though they're miserable and say just you know you know go off and and everything will work out okay i can't i didn't get raised by that but i do know that 
you know, if you lead with your heart and you inspire other people, not through your own words, but through their bringing them out, then, you know, the, the fortune will smile. And so what is it, what, if there was a kind of an encapsulation, an incentive to lead the life that Christina Warren has chosen to live, you know, I don't want it to be a sales and sales thing, pitch kind of thing, but what would, what would you want to let your peers know that it's why it's worth it? Because it's, this is the eternal, this is the forever journey, Christina, you know that. Right. Well, I'd say the biggest incentive to living a life in this way is that I have supreme security knowing that if life ended today, that I would have lived such a beautiful life. Like I have, I have no, um, I have no like fret that I haven't lived such an incredible life already That's beautiful. at 29. I've already done so much amazing things, seen so much of the world. There's so much more to experience, but if I had nothing else left, like my world is ending today, the biggest incentive of living my kind of life is that I know that I lived a beautiful life and I'm happy with with what I found in this journey. And I'm I'm more than happy. I'm I'm interconnected with everything. So there's there's no death to experience even in the death of my body there's no um there is like you said it's an everlasting experience there's no where else we there's nowhere else we really have to go nowhere here no here's the thing i don't mean i don't mean it like uh i mean like like no i mean you also put yourself and push yourself to get to a situation where you have you know created a life for yourself and i guess I, my feeling is because you're not you, you're good you have so many more chapters in this life to write okay <laughs> but so i mean we're not talking about the end of the you know it, this isn't like you know uh what i'm trying to uh, do you believe that where do you believe that that you now um because of these life experiences and because you took the insecure path, um, you know, do you believe that you now can, you know, how to think and not what to think? Is it, is it, is it about uh, levels of consciousness and is it about complete, complete, um, uh, like more in, being more enlightened I think that that's kind of what I am trying to get at yeah, is, I, I think um, you know being afraid and living in fear is um, is what you need to get erase that like, that's right the idea of what you said someone going in nature and freaking out because they don't know how to do it like to me that's wild like no, like that's what we have to reprogram. That's what we have to to um, step out of. Is this, and that's what I mean by like I have complete security and and um, knowing that it's all good because even if I'm not able to continue, like I I know the universe is is benef- but um, benevolent. Uh, I don't know the word. The uh, the universe is, is a 
divine creature. It's benevolent, right? Benevolent. Benevolent. Yeah, there you go. It's perfect. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and that's really the security I have is that, um, that this experience is meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be um, cultivated and, and experimented with and, and explored. And, and when we stop exploring and we start fearing, and, you know, to me that's, you know, what kind of life is that? You know, it's not really taking advantage of of all the soul's work. Like, I, I'm a firm believer in, like, past lives. And all of my past lives and all of your past lives and all the past lives of everyone, you know, enabled this life. So all the work you did to get here, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful experience to be human right now. It's a beautiful um it's a beautiful opportunity of, of living a very conscious way, you know, and to have this opportunity and to be afraid of it to me is just like, that's what I'm trying to help people gain a sense of, of fearlessness and a sense of, um, uh, cause what I do believe we, we all fear in a way is, is the death experience, you know, it's, um, it's losing things is to being nothing, you know, and, and we're all, nervous to be alone because you know we don't know what we'll be well fine to me i'm like all that's an illusion and to break away from that illusion through um being alone just giving yourself love you know and and being patient things like this is is essential because that's what allows you to have um a confidence like i do that this world is meant to be beautiful. It's meant to be um, not feared. It's meant to be like grab the bull by the horns and ride it. You know, like it's meant to be enjoyed, and and to enjoy this experience is what we've all been living for. And to be controlled and to be fooled to think that there's something to fear here um, is 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 a program, you know, from the industrial world that it's a lot of money makers, a lot of um, very intelligent mass manipulators created this you know and um and to understand like we're all humans and it's okay to be duped and it's okay to be a fool for this uh this this industrial world like just to say hey it's okay that i have a hard time loving myself i have a hard time being in nature like just accepting yourself for where you are and not be afraid of of where you can be even if you know you may fear that it may get worse it's like nothing good's going to happen from fearing that but being open to allowing ma- like magic and miracles to happen like and love to come into your life and maybe a sparkle of inspiration to to influence you in a way you know that is to me the the healing um enlightenment that i may be able to bring to somebody um to allow them to ground all that fear to give it away and to breathe in just a surrender of of, um, of hope or inspiration that hey maybe um, it's not too late for me to live the life I've always wanted and you know um, maybe people will accept me you know but it's all about accepting yourself first and that's really where it begins and, and that's why I say like go and be alone so you can start having these conversations with yourself of hey you know this is where I'm at and and not be so hard on yourself because we're always changing we're always developing and um you know life 
is in flux and, and it's so beautiful it's a miracle that we even exist um that the sun rises and every day you know and as much as i love the sun and the good energy the sun falls and we're we're in night you know and the night time comes and the worst things may happen to you like you might be living in the dark but the sun always follows the light i mean the night and so just having faith that there's always you know the sun coming and um so those kinds of natural rhythms that you can get into those natural um, information it channels through you but you need to be able to, to stop for a second be alone and breathe and tap into your own nature which is the breath you know and to be um comfortable with even having self-doubt and being you know um just knowing that like life isn't made for you to doubt it it's made for you to live it so you have to go through those doubts and be easy with it and and be grateful for everything like all the challenges that's how i get through my own um depression and insecurity is is gratitude finding ways that i can be grateful for all my challenges all my things that i wish i had and didn't have and all the things that make me like you know uh agitated i try and find like is there any way that i can be grateful for this and there is there always is something to be grateful for even like i have a dog and sometimes i'll step in you know her poo and i'll be like oh what the heck and i'll be like, angry about it right and i was like well you know i'm grateful that she's she's healthy and she's pooping and, and that she's you know she has a beautiful backyard to run around in and, and for her poop to be here for me to step in because i don't have to always walk her and pick her poop up right away and stuff like this you know it's all about shifting your consciousness to be more grateful for your life and in that gratitude learn that like life is meant to to be uh experienced with gratitude and, and with love because that's really what to me gratitude is, is is appreciation and love for for everything as much as you can and um embrace that gratitude that grateful nature Christina, um, would you like to do uh, set two sometime? Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, we just. I here. love talking about you about this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah no. It, well, it it makes. I mean, you're making perfect sense, and uh, and I'm just very humbled to have connected with you, and um, and I want you to just continue to do what you're doing because uh, you know there's. We're definitely not in the, you know, it, you are a, a, a leader, you know, and I think that, anyway, I, um, you know, much love to you, my friend. I, uh, I I really appreciate your your grounding today. I feel very, uh, I have a very wonderful feeling, and I, I, I don't know if you sent any, uh, you know, uh, prayer or kind of vibration out you know, before our interview, but I, I felt like, uh, um, you know, like the, the Buddha nature, uh, maybe an hour before the interview, just very light and very levitated and, uh, and very happy. And then, you know, you, you grounded me. So, um, continue to cultivate your true nature and, uh, and we will be in touch. Well, thank you so much. This 
really kind of you to say and I feel very humble and humbled by this experience and um, thank you for doing what you do and I'm excited to learn more about your book yeah I'm going to send you my book I mean because I want to be very quick yeah I'll send you I think you're really gonna um, I mean the one on the Mary the one on the Mary all three are just you know they're like just like their gratitude that's it okay that's gratitude like that is the birthing of what i've been trying to do for a long time on the radio and um and i think it will be a source it's i mean it's a source of inspiration for so many people because they can open up to any page whether they're going drifting off to sleep at night or they need inspiration in the morning and it'll get them off and um and so I, I, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, for being able to be put on this path. And I'm grateful for uh, people like yourself who um, are brilliant and able to articulate the path that they're on. Because Lord knows we need it. So bless you, my friend. And uh, we will stay in touch. Okay, thank you. That sounds wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You as well. Bye. 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 Always finding the deepest spirits on the Jake Feinberg Show. That's it for now. We'll be back tomorrow on Power Talk.